just to think about him and his work and what he did. Um, so he, he survived a time during the residential school era when he wasn't allowed to speak the language and he watched the language um, decrease. And, um, and then at the end of his life, he worked to save the language. This idea comes from the old people. I'm only repeating to you what they've told to me and to many other people. Ace Whale, good day. Welcome to another episode of The Stalo Signal. I'm at Alia, and this episode is going to be a little bit different. We are still featuring the Halkamalem principles that we've been exploring thanks to Nakakatsi, Sonny McKelsey's good work, as we have been throughout season two. But this time we are collaborating with the Fraser Valley Current by using an amazing recording of an interview between Grace Kennedy and Christine Seymour, Tilkat. The story honors the principle, Tsit Heek Stuch Tsit Hold Our Language High. A written version of this interview came out in the fall in the lead up to Reconciliation Day, and that story can be found online. Look for the link in the write-up about this episode. I would really like to acknowledge the Fraser Valley Current at this time. They've been doing some really great work in our community, bringing light to residential schools in Saltamuk, covering the November floods, and even featuring why so many power outages have been happening lately. I really encourage you to check them out at fvcurrent.com. Anyways, we hope you enjoy the conversation between these two lovely women and learn more about the importance of our language to our culture, as well as the role of teaching in Christine's path to becoming a language teacher, something she hinted to at the opening of the show. Also, we hope you'll be inspired to learn the Halkamalem language yourself. Keep listening all the way through because after they've wrapped up, we have another surprise in store. Well, I have a couple of, of questions to start off with, and I think the first one is, um, which which First Nations are you from? I am, uh, my mom is from Stjaelis and Scowlitz First Nations, and um, I'm also from the Chilquiuk Territory, the Chilliwack Territory, um, Skowkale First Nation, and I'm also from uh, my grandfather, Roy Point, is from, in our language, we say Homathuim, the Musqueam territory. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're covering our whole coverage area then with your with your ancestry. Yeah. 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 And um, I have been teaching Halkamalam. Uh, my background is in science. I studied okay. biology. And um, that was my background in PDP as well, in the teaching program at Simon Fraser University. Um, however, um, I have taught language since uh, the first time I opened the classroom door, which, uh, which is more than okay because it's, been, it's become a passion of mine to grow the language and revitalize the language. Um, in Canada, we had 59 languages. And uh, now today, there's three that are documented as um, as fluent in Canada. Yeah, and Halkamalem isn't one of them. Halkamalem, today, we have uh, one fluent speaker left. And mm -hmm. so 
how Camille is listed as endangered. So although it wasn't my plan to teach a language, um, it is what I've ended up doing for most of my career so far. And why was that so important for you to, you know, you said the moment you opened your classroom doors, you started teaching language. Why was that so important for you to do? Um, it actually wasn't, it was just the opportunity was there and, and I, I applied. Um, when I learned this was happening, it was interesting. Um, I mean, I, I didn't pursue it. I thought my role was, um, when I attended school and when I imagined myself as a teacher, I thought, um, I would, I imagined teaching science or biology and I thought I wanted to show our younger people, um, our younger brothers and sisters that this was a, a subject that they could take on and I wanted to walk them through that and more or less say I did it and you could do it mm -hmm. and I had my own struggles in school and um, so I'm very familiar with what the kids uh, face when they go through school working to learn and working to attend and um, so however when uh, I first took on the, the teaching job and I knew I was going to be teaching language I remember going into my parents uh, office and they have bookshelves bookshelves all along the walls around the room and I remember standing there and I pulled a binder off of one of the shelves and I opened it and it was my late grandfather, Roy Point. His name was Seal with it. It was his book and um, I never realized that my grandfather took those classes. Never mind took them, but during a time that he should have been retired um, he took them later in his life okay. and how brave that was of him because school was um, for me and for the most part not the most comfortable endeavor mm -hmm. and um, I was so proud of my grandfather that I knew he did that and he did it later in life and I seen his notes handwritten notes I still have that binder with me here um, I just moved in so I would have to look for it, but um, his hand notes on how to teach the language, his hand notes on um, on vocabulary lists and classroom words. And so I opened that book and I thought, no, the, this must be, this must be meant to be. Um, my plan, I thought I was going to teach biology, but I've always taught language. Um, from the very beginning and you know my grandfather attended residential school mm -hmm. and um, in Cooper Island and you know growing up I never heard him complain or talk about it he's such an amazing amazing person he always worked hard all his life and including in the language and you know um, I've seen videos of him talking about the language where it brings tears to his eyes because the number of speakers were decreasing. And um, as we were losing them, and uh, just to think about him and his work and what he did, um, 
So he, he survived a time during the residential school era when he wasn't allowed to speak the language and he watched the language um, decrease. And, um, and then at the end of his life, he worked to save the language. And so when I found that binder, I thought, well, this must be meant to be. And I took that word list and I start teaching the language. And I have been ever since, yeah. Okay, so you're kind of following in his legacy then for... I hope so. I hope so. We've yet to, we've got a lot of work ahead of us yet. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of work. We've got a good team here though. I'm learning about the team here in Fraser Cascade. Been able to travel around and uh, meet the the staff at the schools, the and I'm seeing beautiful events being organized for Truth and Reconciliation Week and, and the work that they're doing. I've gotten to see some of the work they did last year. And um, it's, it, I have, um, there's a lot of work to do in a sense that we need to increase the number of speakers and um, the loss in language, it, it, the loss, that we see in language across Canada and in this territory um, is not only the loss in language. It's not just a reflection of loss in language. It's a reflection and a loss of culture as well. Mm -hmm. So Indigenous people right now are working really hard to recover, to get back on our feet, but also to recover those things, those important things that, you know, uh, that we've lost throughout over this over hundred years of residential school system in Canada. Mm -hmm. Well, that I'm guessing that almost answers my next question, which is what you see your role is as an Indigenous education principal, and like what what you're going to be trying to doing to do in this role. Yeah. Um, what I I just finished my master's degree, and it was in uh, leadership. <laughs> And um, it was uh, centered in Indigenous education through the University of British Columbia. And I didn't know that education could be transformational until what a privilege it was to learn until I went through that program. And it, it was an example of Indigenous education. And I hope to work towards uh, helping the community. Well, it, one picture that stays with me from my uh, program there at UBC was Dr. Linda Tui from the New Zealand uh, people there. When she spoke about her culture in New Zealand, she show, shared a picture of broken eggshells and she said this is a representation of her culture today she said now if you had a picture of puzzle pieces and you were going to go put it together you might strategize and put the same edge shapes together or the colors organize them according to whether they're from the edges or but when you take a picture of the eggshell, when you look at the picture of the eggshells, you, you can't really organize them or strategize the same way. 
where do you begin? And I really think that that doesn't just represent who the New Zealand people after their uh, colonization and history there, it represents the culture here for Indigenous people and it represents our languages. So I think my role is um, to, to grow and to find out who I am as an Indigenous woman and um, reconnect to our ancestors' ways and what they would have taught us and, and our education and to work to share that in, in the Fraser Cascade school system. Well, it's kind of interesting that you that you put it that way because I think um, Mr. Morthy had had said that they they came on you after they were looking for a a cultural leader and a school based education leader. So I guess it sounds like you're you're bringing those two roles together. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. I've lot, lots to learn, <laughs> learning the lay of the land here and in, in the community. They've done quite a bit of work already here and it's, it's amazing to witness some of the work they've done already to join the team hopefully can contribute to the work that's already been done here as well yeah do you have an example of what some of that work that's that stood out to you as you're getting into your role well um i'd like to get to know the support worker staff the staff that we have in the schools um as Truth and Reconciliation Week is coming upon us, um, support them in their work. Some people ask, uh, who have the residential school systems affected? And you know, they've affected every Indigenous person in Canada. And I think um, I'd like to work to support our staff that are out in our front lines so that they can work with our students and they feel supported in their work so that our students are supported. Mm -hmm. I think that we all come from all different walks of life. Um, depending on your history or the community you come from. So I'd like to support the, the staff and feeling like we can work to put some of that picture back together and then share that with the young people in the schools find it i think about that eggshell picture and i think sometimes you'd want to shake it up and and move some away because some of it is completely lost some of it's not there so we need to work to create a sense of teams so that we can work together on creating goals mm -hmm. around that okay. yeah um I guess one of the things, just going back to your family history, I was reading, I think, what the Hope Standard had written when you when they announced that you got the job. Um, yeah. And your parents are both chancellors at, at universities, is that right? Um, my father is currently, okay. he's a chancellor at University of British Columbia. My mom, I believe, has finished her term okay. at UAB. Yeah, she was, though, yeah. Okay. She was a counselor at University of Fraser Valley, yes, and my dad was the Lieutenant Governor for British Columbia as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Illustrious very, family history you got going on there. <laughs> very hard workers. They've worked hard for as long as I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so their involvement in the in the education field I guess did that influence you in any way as a as a student or as a teacher 
Well, the stories that my dad told me influenced me um, when he attended university um, in the 70s and the 80s. Um, there were 12 Indigenous people on the campus. And now uh, when I attend, there's hundreds. So um, I would, you know, when I struggled, I would think about him being out there at school and during a time when there was not as much support as there is today for Indigenous students. And, and um, you know, I, uh, we have stories of my dad driving home throughout the week uh, to see us while he was attending UBC and um, he would be in his Volkswagen and there was a hole in the floor. <laughs> And when it was wet and rainy, he would have to put his foot out to completely break because they were students then. <laughs> my mom used to call, say, we're, we're starving students trying to get, get our education. And so, yeah, I would think about my dad and the work he did, especially when I struggled. And my mom, I watched my mom go to school. Um, my mom worked in the school system while I was in high school. And so they always, uh, yeah, I'd say they inspired me to, to keep going because the, the journey isn't easy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the last thing I wanted to touch on before I, I ask you if you have anything else that uh, you want to add, but um, is just in general for, for students in the Fraser Valley, particularly Indigenous students in the Fraser Valley, what do you think is most needed to, to support them as they go through their, their schooling journeys? Well, I think um, right now it's been mandated to indigenize the curriculum, to implement indigenous worldview into the curriculum. Um, I think there's already a lot of supports implemented into the system. We have staff. I remember uh, when I was beginning my high school career, we had, I think, one teacher for the whole district, whereas now we have, uh, we have uh, staff in every building supporting the students. Throughout my studies, I studied trauma. You know, I thought, I studied the brain and everything ended up landing back on our culture and, uh, and our songs and our stories and the teachings that our ancestors would have left us. Even, even when it came to um, healing practices for trauma, the, the answer came out as our culture, our songs and our dances, our meditative ways, our healing. So I, I think that if we can work to um, help incorporate or implement uh, indigenous and ground our people and our indigenous worldview and our culture and support support staff in doing that as well. I love this conversation so much, especially hearing about the work the Abbotsford School District is doing to support indigenous students. We talked with an Aboriginal support worker in the Chilliwack School District in one of our earlier podcasts this season as well. Val Joe is the generous person we interviewed in episode two. Don't hesitate to check it out on our website under podcast or on Apple or Spotify. 
Thanks again to the Fraser Valley Current for letting us use this amazing audio. Also, Christine has been providing a word a day on Star 98. If you head to their website and click More in the menu across the top, you'll find Halcomalum with Christine Seymour. Listen to a quick interview and then click on the words she has explained and provided there. Listen to words like Sialoque, Elder, Mistiuk, Person, and Aswale, Hello. To wrap up this episode, we are going to feature the work that one of our youth leaders has initiated on TikTok. Jasmine Horn of Yekakuyas has been working with a language teacher, Auntie Bibiana Norris, to share Halkamalem words in short videos. To follow her on TikTok, search for Yekakuyas and enjoy a taste of what you can learn now. We can also provide you links in the description of the show today. Have a safe and happy time out there, everyone. Signing off. This part series will be on learning canoe terms. Let's hours. Let's hours. One paddle, one paddler. Liquil taka. Liquil taka. Calm water. Quagwithit. Guaguithit, training. Apaloas castelletza, Apaloas castelletza, eleven paddlers. Smelt, smelt, mountain. Reach the peak. The better we get at the knowledge is what will set us free. The easier it is to listen, the easier it is to swallow. The voice within us all that makes us all the follow. When I'm ran into this game and it's affiliate, forge a bond with fight. Now remains my epic serious. Do no fault on my own, it's not tedious, it's seamless. This hot like fire and feverish. Multi-tip, ridiculous.